This message is provided by Bridgeway Community Church. Thanks for tuning in. Well, welcome Bridgeway Church here and online as well. So Pastor Ron, if you uh, haven't been with us or weren't able to catch it, Pastor Ron shared an awesome message last week, finishing up the Words to Live By series. So that one was called Grace. Um, I love that message. I think I'm going to probably have to go back and just watch it again because I just need to rehear it. Grace. This is the ultimate remedy for, the, for um, our failure. So anyways, if you didn't catch that or you didn't catch any of the rest of them, Pastor Justin, Pastor Ron, awesome messages. You'll want to catch those later. Next week, though, come back because we are going to be having, starting a new mini-series in the book of Esther. So it's going to be for the last weeks in August here. Super excited um, as Pastor Ron comes back and he's going to kick us off with Esther. This week, we're going to do this just a little bit different style where we might normally just jump into one passage and kind of dive through that. Today, we're going to zoom out a little bit and look at Jesus um, through a few different passages and try to get the big picture of him making disciples. So we'll be starting out right at the beginning of his ministry before anybody's even following, or at least that it's recorded that anybody is following him. And um, I think... I'm going to try and put myself in these shoes, so come with me a second. I'm going to, we're going to try and put ourselves in our shoes. So at that time, Jesus got nobody following him, and the people are just kind of like starting to look at him and see where he's going. And my wondering question as I think about this is, if I'm them, where's Jesus going? And I'm not the only one that thinks this question because it's actually, if you jump in with me first, um, sorry, John 1, 38 through 39, these are a couple of disciples that end up being, well, end up becoming his disciples. And this is what happens and what they say. So follow along. You'll see where I got the idea from. So Jesus turned and saw them following. And he said to them, what are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, come and you will see. Now, a couple things with this real quick. First of all, creepy, like Turns around, he's like, hey, what are you doing back there? You know what I mean? Like, he's got some people following. It's not like they're following him in a car. They're walking, so they're not that sneaky. Um, they're right behind him, and so he says, what are you seeking? Super kind way, right? And they say to him, Rabbi, where are you staying? Now, if this is me, I'm, I don't know that this is what they were thinking, but I, if it was me, this is what I'd be thinking. I've been following you for a long time. Like, are you going to stop, really? Like, where are we stopping and laying our heads down? Are we just going to sleep on the side of the road here? What is going on? So they're asking, I think they're asking the same question. Jesus, where are you going? And he doesn't quite give them the answer. He says, come and you will see. And I think he's got something. This phrase, and there's going to be another phrase we're going to be looking at today, um, are super important. But he keeps on going and he keeps on chasing people down and inviting them to himself. Why? We jumped over, like I said, we're going to be jumping into a couple different places. Way later, Luke 19, so 19 chapters into the book of Luke 10, Jesus gives an answer. He says, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Now, Jesus says this in different ways throughout the New Testament, but I'm going to read it again for you because I think this one is just, it's short and it's easy for me to remember, so... Maybe that's why I like it so much. But for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. No, I actually just love it. That's just awesome. I mean, what, 
other mission could you want to be a part of? Like, this is amazing, a great heart and something that we get to be a part of too. He knows that there are a bunch of people who are lost, broken, hurting, messed up, and they need him to find them and save them. And this is truly what he does. He's on a mission to seek and to save the lost. That's where he's going. So let's take a look at how this starts. So he's, he doesn't have any followers yet. He's going to seek and save the lost. Where is he going and who does he find first? In Mark chapter 1, 16 through 18, we get um, his first disciples. So let's read along about this. Passing along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. If you keep on going in those same verses, uh, verse 19, when he had gone a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. All right, so how many people are we at? Sometimes I'm not very good with math, so you guys are going to have to help me out here. Come, we're, I think we're at four. Is that right? Four people he's got following us. So going zero to four. We're getting there. Um, a little bit right around the same time, he also finds Philip in the same town. That's at, in the John 1 verse that we read earlier. John 1, 38-ish. Uh, he finds Philip in the same town as Andrew and Peter, or Simon. He says, follow me to Philip. Philip then goes on. So now we're at five, right? And he goes on. Philip goes on, and he tells Nathaniel. And he says, we have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathaniel cracks a joke, like a good Nathaniel should, and says, is there anything that is good that comes out of Nazareth? And then Philip says the same thing that Jesus said earlier. He says, come and see. So ultimately now Nathaniel is following Jesus, taking you kind of the slow way through these a little bit. So now we're at six. Then he finds Levi. At some point in this, he finds Levi. Levi is also Matthew, um, where we get the book of Matthew, who was a tax collector, a little IRS guy, only worse than just like a tax collector. He's a tax collector from another country that has overtaken their country. So he's like sold himself out to take money from his own people. And those are all his friends who do the same thing. And he says to this guy, follow me. You catching a trend here? Like when I see repeated words in the Bible, I'm starting to to think that those are important. I probably should be listening to those ones. So I wanted to today, I want us to focus on those two words, follow me, simply to follow him. And anybody keep track? I think I stopped counting. Do you know how many we're at? We got 10, somebody's raising 10 out here. Yeah, we're getting there. We're going zero and we get up to seven in this story and he moves on to way more than that. Do you feel though like he's going from zero to 100 right now the momentum, the movement is starting, and this is the start of it. I kind of love that word, actually, movement. Anybody love sports in the room? Yeah, a few of us? Okay. All six of us, great. Um, I love sports just because I think it's amazing to see how people move. 
And I mean, I'm impressed by it, that people can do the things that they can do, that God has made us to be able to do those things. But each individual person moving has to combine to make a movement. So we don't just, it's not just one person that gets in there like, yeah, this is a movement. And then it becomes, no, you have to have, you have to have a lot to be able to make that happen. But each of them choose to follow Jesus individually. They make their own choice. I'm curious. I've, I get a lot of curiosity questions as I'm reading the Bible. And one of them that I've had recently about this one is I'd just be curious if I could talk to the disciples to just ask them. I ask them a lot of questions. But one question I'd want to ask them is what drew you into Jesus right away? What drew you in? Because for us, like, we can look at the whole Bible right now and be like, well, obvious. Like, he gave a bunch of food to 5,000 people. He healed a bunch of people, came back from the, I mean, but they don't know that yet. So they're just getting to know this Jesus guy. So what was it? Was it something he did? Was it something he said? Was it the way that he was with them? Like, maybe all of them. Could have been all of them. Or maybe it was something else. But whatever it was, for each of them individually, they were compelled. And they moved. See, that's what following requires, right? If you're going to follow somebody, you have to move. You can't just do like, like I like to do. You just pull out your camp chair, if I can get it to work. You can't just pull out your camp chair and just take a seat and be like, yep, I'm following you in a minute. I'm following you. Yep, I'll be there. Totally following you. Like, it doesn't work, right? I'm just sitting here. Anybody ever had this? Definitely not you. Maybe your kids. None of the kids in the room. You guys don't do this, right? I don't do this for sure, my kids. But anyways, um, this is where I, I tend to want to, I, I tend to do this sometimes. I want to just sit and say, yeah, I'll follow you in a minute. So I've got a dog. And I think sometimes dogs um, can demonstrate following really well. And sometimes they're terrible at it, Right? So this is my dog. I think she's more of an 80-pound bison, but that's what she is. Anyway, so this is her. Um, I don't remember exactly if I took this picture or my wife took this picture, but one of us did. And this is one of her perches in our yard. So she sits there, and I'm pretty sure that we're talking to her from the house saying, Pooch, get in here. And this is her face. Like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> right? And then... Her other place that she likes to sit right next to this, we've got a picnic table in the backyard, and she can climb up on top of the picnic table, and she likes to sit there because then she can see over the fence. So then when I look out, she looks at me, and she's like, still, yeah, no, because I got to bark at whatever random thing that is out there. It must be a threat to my society. I don't know what it is, but anybody have this problem with their pets? Like you talk to it, and it just sits there and looks at you like, yeah, no. Until I walk over there with, like, say, the leash, and I'm like, hey, you want to go on a walk? And she's like full-on north-south runner, Michigan linebacker, like, I am plowing through the door. Get out of the way. We are going, right? Like, that's the, that's the follow me, change of direction right now kind of a thing that I see with her. And I'm just kind of curious, like, when Jesus calls these guys to follow him, I kind of imagine that they're following him kind of like that. Like, full on, let's go, follow Jesus mode. Like, when, those, when we read that story a minute ago and we got those two guys following him, I'm imagining they're not, like, way off, like, half a mile back, sneaking, like, doo-doo. Not, none of that. They are, like, right up on him, on his heels, like, creepily close, like, 
That's why he's like, what are you doing? Because <laughs> they are full on, let's follow Jesus. So here's my, here's my question for us to think about for a minute here. What have you been drawn into lately? What's something that you've been drawn into? And I love this time of year. The weather's great. People are buzzing because they're trying to eke out the last little bit of summer, myself included. Um, I think I've lately been drawn into vacation. And it's easy for me to allow it to draw me in like a bug in a pool skimmer. Maybe you guys aren't familiar with that picture. I'm learning a whole bunch about pool skimmers right now. Um, let me just paint the picture for, most of you probably know what this is, but for, in case you don't, let me just paint this picture, okay? So you got a pool, right? Next to the pool, you've got this little box, and it's got an opening for the pool, and it kind of sucks the water in, and inside there's a strainer, and that strainer is supposed to clean out all the stuff in the pool. Well, if you ever opened the box, kids don't do this unless you talk to your parents, please, thank you. Um, if you open the box and you look inside, there's like a vortex. It's kind of mesmerizing. Um, and it just keeps on going, keeps on sucking. And anything that goes in there, I mean, it's not coming out, right? So I just don't know what bugs are thinking. Enter into Mike's random thoughts of the day moment for a second here. I don't know what bugs are thinking, right? Like they're just flying around and they're like, ooh, look at this infinity-sized water bottle. I don't know. Like what are they doing? They land in the pool and they're just like, and then they get circling around and eventually the pool skimmer sucks them in. And then they get sucked down to the bottom of this vortex, and they're not coming out. Like, they're in there until somebody turns that power off or until I dump it out a week later or whatever. Is this supposed to be a week? Anyways, um, until, I, until we take care of it later. And if I'm not careful, when I get drawn into something, I can get drawn in like this, sucked into the vortex. See, there's so much good around us. Taking a break, that's a good thing. Working hard at your job, also a good thing. Going to school or encourage your kids to stay committed at a sport, good things. But it's when we take these things out of their place and we make them the thing, that's when it becomes the problem. They can suck us in and demand that we follow them full on, north-south runner as well. Saying that they will give you life to the full, but the reality is different. See, I think they're like a pool where you have this huge pool and they're just a part of it. They're the skimmer. They are meant to glorify God. These things that God has given us in our life, they're still meant to glorify God. They can't become the pool. Jesus says it this way in Matthew 6, 24. says, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Now, specifically talking about money in this chunk, if you read around the verses there, but I think it applies to any area of our life. You can't serve God and, oh, also I'm going to focus full on, my full on attitude is going to be focused on my vacation or my job or finding that perfect significant other or whatever that is, it's, it's got to be focused on the one. So my encouragement to us today is to move full on, but be careful to follow the right master. Because one is a sucking vortex of doom, and the other will bring life. 
He saves us from serving a master that will ultimately demand more but give less, a master that leaves you drained, and a master that will ultimately lead to death. So my question today is, which skimmer are you caught in? Or another way of putting this, where are you going? If you're not sure, here's a self-reflective question to help you think about it. You can ask yourself or maybe ask a close friend to, um, to tell you what they think you do. How do you spend your time? And if you really want to get after this, and you can take a look at your calendar, look back at your week and, and do the math and figure out where you're spending your time. Or over the next few days, you can track your time. There's apps that'll do this on your phone, or you can go old school, get your calendar out and mark it down, or do it on your digital uh, calendar. But this is a cool way of looking at where do I focus my time? Where's my time and energy going to? To see where I'm really going. Well, let's step back into the Jesus story for a minute. After he called and he's uh, got his disciples baptized and a bunch of people, he goes and he prays to God. And he, he simply talks to God about who would be in his core group, his disciples, his apostles. And here at Bridgeway, you might call them hosts. And I'll explain that in a little bit. But he comes up with 12 of them, 12 to go with him, who are going to be his closest. They're going to be tutored, mentored, and developed by him which sounds awesome, right? Like, that'd be so sweet. Also, their lives were very difficult. If you look at the end of their stories, were very hard, but it would be awesome to be able to walk like that in that time with Jesus. If you want to read this whole story, it's in Matthew, uh, Matthew 10 or Mark 3. You can check that out later. But the point is, Jesus has 12 people that he's bringing in close, plus a bunch of others, but 12 that he is really pouring all his time in. So here's my third main question for today. Who is going with you? Who's going with you? See, Jesus picked 12 to pull in, pour into full time. Not that he didn't take time to spend with other people and to talk with them. But this was his group. These were his people that he invested. Like, I'm focusing on these 12. So my question is, what about the rest of them? Like, he's got thousands of people later, in, later on that are, like, following him, and yet he's focused on these 12. So who's pouring into them? His disciples. And if they're pouring into 10 people, well, I gotta, I'm going to help you out here. We're not going to do 12 for the disciples because I'm not great at math, so we're just going to do 10 so I can do the math. All right, now you're with me. Okay, so if they do 10... Right? You got the 12 disciples. They have a, a group of 10 people that they're pouring into. That's 120 people, right? And if those 120 people each are pouring into 10 people, that's now 1,200 people. And now you can see how we're slowly getting closer to the, to the numbers that you're following him. And I'm not talking about multiplying and um, doing all this so that I can have a bunch of new friends although I do love you all and I love being with you all and I do love people. The point is, is because it's Jesus' mission to seek and save the lost. And there are more lost than only 12 people can reach. And I think the same method is true for us today. There's still more than 12 people that are lost. So let's reach them together. 
And here's where it's different for us. See, Jesus was telling them, hey, he's calling me to say, follow me. Follow me. I think ours is more follow him. Because although you may want to follow me, I really hope that if you are, you're choosing to follow me or you're choosing to follow another leader, you're following the Jesus in them. Because Jesus is perfect. And if you know me at all, you know I'm not so perfect. Why are you shaking your head so much, babe? <laughs> Just kidding. Love you. Anyways, um, yes, but that's my point. We've got we to gotta get sucked into him and following him because he is perfect. And if we're following him, we've got to listen to what his mission is, right? So what was it? Anybody remember it? To seek and save the lost. That's what he said earlier on. Now, he gives his followers a mission as well. At the end of his time, Matthew 18, 19 through 21. I'm sorry, Matthew 28. should get the right verse there. Matthew 28, 19 through 21. He gives his apostles a mission, and it's our mission too. So let me read it here. So let's see if you can see, seek and save the lost in this. Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. So you see that, go, therefore. So they're moving. Go, therefore. So that's the seek. Making disciples of all nations, baptizing them. That's all nations. There's the lost. We are supposed to seek and save the lost as well. We are, but he just gives us different words. Go and make disciples, teaching them, passing on what we've learned. This, this is the discipling part, and let Jesus do the saving. I'm going to paraphrase um, Rick Warren's pastor of Saddleback Church. He said a few ideas from a few years back, so that's why I'm paraphrasing because it'll be a little bit different for today. But he says something like this. See, if you knew the cure for the common cold, AIDS, the monkeypox, or cancer, it would be crazy, rather unacceptable to not share it, right? Like if you knew one of these things, you could save people from AIDS, monkeypox, cancer, common cold. It'd be crazy for us not to share it. But the thing is, is you do know something more important. You know the cure for a broken life, for the lost, how to be found. And Pastor Rick Warren says, this is the great commission. This is not the great suggestion. It's mandatory for all believers. You may be the only Christian that some people ever engage with. And I love these thoughts from Pastor Rick Warren. They're challenging, but I love them. So let's take a look back. These are our three questions today that we talk about. Where is Jesus going in the New Testament? Where are you going now? And who is going with you? Where, it is, where is Jesus going in the New Testament? Where are you going? And who is going with you? Let me give you a couple ways to take a step forward this fall. This October 2, we're going to be launching new groups I've got two questions for you. We talked about that host word earlier. Could you host a group? I'll explain what host means. So host is actually an acronym. The H stands for heart for people. Do you have a heart for people? Do you care about people? O, can you open up your house or 
Um, can you, do you have a place that you like to go, like a coffee shop? It doesn't have to be at a house. Can you open up your space? The S, snacks. I'm going to just be honest, any gathering should have snacks, so this should be a vital port, uh, part of it. You don't necessarily have to be a great snack maker. The best hosts, I think, are people that can encourage other people to bring snacks. Um, and then tea. I probably can't tell what that is. That's a little clicker for um, a TV. But can you turn on a TV? Can you do that? Because we will provide the content for you to put on there. And you can, uh, you can help your host your group that way. Heart for people. Open your place. Snack. And can you turn on the video? Now, if this isn't all like, hey, I could, I could do that, please come find me, text me, let me know, email me, check the box when you do sign up for a group that says host, because I'd, I'd love to empower you in that and support you as you do it, to let this be your ministry. If that doesn't seem like something you could do right now, could you be in a group? So signups are already up, they're online, they're on the app, and they're on that little QR code in front of you that you can scan around the, around the building as well. So this fall, I said October 2, we're starting, we're going to go for about a month, okay? So that's all you'd be signing up for. You'd be signing up for about a month, and then if you don't like those people, you say peace out, right? Or you can stick with them for longer. It's up to you. But that's, <laughs> that would be my encouragement to you. And maybe in the past, you've had a bad experience. Maybe the group didn't work out for you, whatever reason. I'd say try it again. This will be a different group, different people. Try it for a month with us. Here's what I'm thinking is because we're going to focus this fall as a whole church. We're going to have one focus as we come into the fall. Students, kids, adults, all of us. Talking about a conversation with God. Prayer. And some of you are like rolling your eyes at me. You're like, oh, Mike. You're going to make me come up front, do like a public prayer, and you're going to scrutinize. No, it's none of that. You're not coming up here to do a presentation about prayer or nobody's scrutinizing you about your words you say. Remember, as we're talking about prayer, prayer is just having a conversation with God. It's no different than talking to mom and dad, unless your mom and dad are, anyways, let's just say it's not talking to your mom and dad. Um, or like talking to any of your friends or family. It's just talking with people. That's the period. That's the point. Friends that you love. Do you, do you realize this, though? As we talk about tuning in to the power of the Holy Spirit, to the power that God is, the Almighty, the one with all the power, all of us doing that together, having conversation about that and encouraging each other to do that individually, but together as a community. That ties into something awesome. I get pretty excited as I think what the Spirit will do this fall what the Spirit will do in us and what he will do in our community as we all step forward together. I get so excited just thinking about that. We get to do this in a team. So could you, would you want to help start a movement, even if it's just with 10? So who's going with you this fall? Who's in a group with you this fall? Are you already a part of a group? If not, join one. Sign up today. You can sign up now. If you are, if you're already a part of a group, is there someone else that needs to be in your group? Is there room for them? As I, as I wrap up here, I'm going to have the worship team start coming out. Because we are moving this fall as one church to talk with God. Students, kids, adults, like I said, everybody. So could you talk about this as a family this fall? 
could you step in and say, hey, I'm going to be a part of a group and model that for my kids. Let's move together. Move with Jesus. Groups is one way that we're going to be doing that. We're going to be doing that this fall. Let's encourage each other to continue to follow him. With that, let me just pray for us. Jesus, we love you, and we're so grateful for you. Thank you for coming to seek and save the lost. You came to save us. Thanks for inviting us to go with you, to follow you. You started something long ago, and now you've entrusted us with your mission. God, I just ask that you would equip us. Give us courage to invite others to be a part of your mission too. Seeking and saving the lost. God, stir in us today to create space to meet with you together. God, would you move in a crazy way this fall? Spirit, would you move in a crazy way today? And if people are thinking about stepping into community together, I just pray that you give them the courage to take that step to move with you. In your name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Check out our app or website at bridgewaycommunity.org for more messages or to take the sermon one step deeper by downloading the Sermon Discussion Guide.